Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Alrighty, the time for talking is almost done. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the We Are Podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. The one thing I dislike the most about football, I'm going to give you a little insight into the way my mind works as a sports fan, as a sports writer, having done this for three decades. Most of my career has been spent covering professional baseball, minor league baseball for nearly 30 years. Baseball is every day. You you have to go play a game every day. You have to show up every day. You have to perform every day. If you don't, the numbers, the stats will do the talking for you. If you go 0 for 4, you ain't got nothing to say. If you go 0 for 4, you can't sugarcoat it and say, I'm going to be great. I'm, I'm still the best player around. Football's not like that. Football is once a week. There's talking nonstop. You can lose a game and still be talking about oh, how good we are. We'll get them next week. We, we can still do all these things. The offseason for football, to be perfectly honest with you, can be nauseating. Because it is just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk for months on end. I'm as guilty of it as anybody else. I'm doing a podcast here. You're listening. You've been listening to my podcast, hopefully every Sunday throughout the entire off season. We haven't taken off a week. I think I did miss one week of the podcast when I was sick over the last, uh, last handful of months. But you see my point. It's that. Leading up to football is all talk. It's all speculation. It's all guessing. And so we've been talking for months and months about how good Penn State can be, should be, probably will be. We don't know. We don't know how good Drew Aller is going to be. So uh, it's Sunday now. So we've got six days. I'm recording this Saturday morning, so one week here, uh, to talk a little bit more. And then we all finally get to see the product in action after all the talk, all these months of speculation. And again, I'll, I'll just flat say guessing. That's what, that's what preseason discussion is about. That's what preseason watch lists are about. That's what preseason polls are about. I keep coming back to the, Penn State being ranked number seven in the preseason in 2020 and then started 0-5. Um, should this be a really good Penn State team? It should be. Uh, is it a team that could make the playoff? It very well could. 
But all over the country, everybody's talking about how good they can be. And then reality kind of sets in. Uh, my first year on the Penn State beat was 2006. I'm going to share this little bit of history with you. Uh, 2006. You're coming off the really big season in 2005, uh, the Orange Bowl victory. And in 2006, everybody was talking. Everybody's talking. National championship. We, we, we think we can win a national championship. And I remember this. This is my first time covering college football on a full-time basis. And I heard the phrase, I heard the words national championship a hundred times that summer from all kinds of players. We want to win the national championship. We think we can win the national championship. Uh, they went eight and four. Anthony Morelli took over for Michael Robinson. Uh, still some good defensive players led by Paul Plazuzny and, and some good players uh, on both sides. But they went eight and four. All right. Uh, and then after, after 2006, they, they won the bowl game that year to finish nine four. After 2006, going into my second year, Hey, we think, we think we're, we can improve. We're going to win the national championship. Chat national championship. I heard it, heard it a hundred more times that off season. They went eight and four. Point is until you play games, I don't have a friggin' clue how good of a football team you have or don't have. Neither do you, neither do they. Uh, we think Drew Aller can be special. Never seen him play a meaningful snap in college football. Spencer Rattler at one point for Oklahoma was going to be the projected number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Turned out he was pretty terrible for Oklahoma. Wound up transferring to South Carolina. Played pretty well last year. But again, all we do in football is talk. And so I'm looking forward to the talking ending. And that's why, again, I wanted to share a little bit of my background with you being a baseball guy. Because you you can't just talk your way through baseball. You can't just talk nonstop about how good you are while you're in the middle of an 0 for 16 slump. Baseball will humble you. <laughs> Hell, baseball will humble you every 15 or 20 minutes, 30 minutes or so, every at bat that you get, you know, depending uh, uh, how things go over the course of a game. Baseball is a very humbling sport that way. But you don't hear a lot of baseball players just kind of talking the big game all the time like we hear in football, college football, the NFL uh, so on and so forth. It does happen. So with one less than one week to go before the start of the season, I am very happy to stop talking about what we think is going to happen. I'm, I'm looking forward to ending all of that. Then we get to see West Virginia versus Penn State next Saturday uh, night at Beaver Stadium. We'll get to see what Penn State is all about. Now, There'll still be a lot of talk because I don't think West Virginia is going to be any good at all. And I think Penn State should pound them. Uh, and so there will be a lot more talk after Penn State wins by anywhere from 14 to 30 points. They're all going to be talking about how great everything went and everything. And then they'll beat Delaware badly and, and more talk will continue. But that's what we get with college football, especially when you don't play necessarily major opponents early in the season. Uh, I, I do keep coming back to that week three visit uh, or trip to Illinois. That's when we're going to really find out about Penn State, and it won't be about talking. It'll be anymore. It'll be about proving it. But just wanted to start the podcast today by mentioning that. Let's. I, hopefully, everybody is looking forward to the end of talk season because that's that's what all of this is for the last handful of months. Just it's just talking season. Let's get going, man. We took it all. 
We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. All right, now that I've got my talking rant out of the way in the first segment, let's talk some more <laughs> about uh, the upcoming season and and projections and thoughts. I want to run this question by everybody. Uh, I wrote about this a little bit earlier in the week at DK Pittsburgh Sports. The notion of, is this season an 11-1 or bust kind of season? What I mean by that is, does Penn State have to go 11-1 and one for this to be a successful season? Or would 10-2 and two with the presumptive losses to Ohio State and Michigan, would that be enough and that be a successful season? So I want to dive into this a little bit. You can weigh in on the comments here or in the uh, on the story or in the Penn State feed as well. I kind of made the case within the story that I wrote that for this season to live up to expectations as of right now, at the end of August, before the opener, you would think that they would have to go 11-1, and beat either Ohio State or Michigan, and be in contention right there and or make the playoff at the end of the regular season. You would think when you're the number seven team in the, in the country going into the season and all the expectation, we've heard, look, I've said it, You've probably read it from other people. Uh, this might be the most talented team that James Franklin has had at Penn State. Well, if, if that's the case, don't you got to get to the playoff? Crap or get off the pot. 11 and 1. You got to beat Michigan or Ohio State and, and then hope that 11 and 1 is good enough and you don't get left out in, in the cold. And I don't think they would. Okay. But does that mean that this is an 11 and 1 or bust kind of season? So when I get back to the Franklin element, he's got to prove he can win win big games. He's got to prove that he's a better game day coach than he's shown uh, for a, a lot of his tenure at Penn State. And so a lot of emphasis is on him to prove that, hey, you got all this talent on the roster, get the job done. So you might be thinking, okay, my, my feeling, me personally, you know, Geiger's feeling is that this is an 11 and one or bust kind of season. But I don't really think that. I don't think that's the case this year. I, I very well can make a case that it should be 11 and one or bust based on everything I just said. But I'm not because I still think, and I've said this for months and months and months. Uh, that I still think 2024 is the year. I, I I just have so many questions and concerns still about this team, as as good as they are with a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. I have no idea how good Drew Aller is. Neither do you. Neither does Drew Aller. Okay, third and six, he gets a blitz in his face. How's he going to handle that? What if he's got to take off and run on third and six and he takes a big old hit? 
half yard shy. Can't get up. Now it's fourth and half a yard with the season on the line against an Ohio State or Michigan. Can he get up? Trace McSorley got up. Sean Clifford got up. Can Drew Aller get up? I don't, I don't know. I mean, there are, there are so many unknowns with Drew Aller. And I will be perfectly honest with you. Uh, all the reports we're seeing yeah, from those that have been uh, at all the practices, and I have not, uh, but those that have been all at all the practices, looks like Keandre Lambert-Smith and Harrison Wallace III are going to be the top two wide receivers, not Dante Cephas. That's a concern. I mean, you you got a guy that w- w- was one of the top wide receiver transfers in the portal, and if we're to believe what we're seeing, he hasn't been able to beat out Harrison Wallace? I, I, I mean, that's a concern. Okay, the the wide receiver situation. This is all, with all due respect to Harrison Wallace, he's not a legitimate. I don't necessarily think a legitimate number one or number two wide receiver in the Big Ten. He struggled last year, had had a lot of drops. Um, I've got concerns about that wide receiver group. Even if Dante Cephas is really good, even if Keandre Lambert Smith is really good, are they going to be good enough to beat Ohio State in Michigan? And so. You know, when I sit here and look at this 2023 season, these have been the, my concerns all along. And so I'm not going to call this an 11 and one or bust kind of year because I think they're going to go 10 and two and I think they're going to lose to Ohio State and Michigan anyway. Can, could they, could they win out at, in Columbus against Ohio State? It's possible if Ohio State's quarterback situation, which is still up in the air right now, if by some chance they don't have another superstar you know, waiting to just take over and be awesome like every other quarterback they've ever, they've had for dec- a couple of decades. Well, maybe they don't have this year. Maybe Penn State could go out there and pull off an upset, but it's out there. It's at the shoe. I'm not picking Penn State to win that game. Could they beat Michigan at, at Beaver Stadium? Sure they could. Uh, Beaver Stadium's an incredibly difficult place to play, but I think Michigan's better than them. I think Michigan, Michigan might win the national title this year. Uh, there, I'll go ahead and say it. And I'm by no means a Harbaugh fan. I think Harbaugh uh, has been one of the most overrated coaches in all of sports for years. But he has gotten the job done for the most part the past couple of years, save for that horrendous, horrendous loss to TCU in the semifinal last year. But you got to think they learned some things from that. Uh, and Michigan, to me, is the best team in the Big Ten. And I think they're going to come to Beaver Stadium and, and find a way to win that game. So I've got Penn State going 10-2. and two, And I think next year, with the expanded playoff to 12, Penn State will get to the playoff, win a couple games, maybe have a chance to win the national title. A lot of players will be back. Olu Fashionu will not be back. Chop Robinson will not be back. Kalen King will not be back. Those all could be first-round picks, and it could be very difficult to replace them next year. Next year, to me, next year is 11-1 and one or bust. Next year is playoff and a nice run or bust for the program and for James Franklin. Because yes, while recruiting is going well and, and the program is in really good shape right now, are they going to have a situation in 2025, 26, 27 where they've got a Drew Aller, Nicholas Singleton, Katron Allen, Ab- Abdul Carter, Kalen King, Olu Fashionu group of players? I mean, that's a special, special group of players for these next, for this year, uh, you know, for the most part. Uh, and then most of them coming back. Uh, in 2024. So no, I don't think this is an 11 and one or bust season. But again, I, I can make a case 
that we need to see James Franklin win at least one of those games. Okay. So maybe from a James, the way we view James Franklin, um, does he need to beat Ohio State or Michigan if we're going to feel better about him? Well, yeah, sure. So I'm kind of contradicting myself and a little all over the map here. And I believe me, I do get that. That's why I wrote about this extensively. You can go read everything that I wrote. Cause you know, James is just not a good enough game day coach or has not been a good enough game day coach in a lot of situations for me to believe that he's going to win a national championship at Penn State. I talked about this last week on the podcast. Uh, I think he can do a lot of special things and get to a lot of playoffs, but to win a national cha- championship, he has to improve a whole lot as a head coach on Saturdays for those three and a half hours. And so, uh, does he need to beat Ohio State or Michigan this year to get people like me off his back from what I just said? Well, yeah, I think he does. But I just think Ohio, you're going to Columbus. I'm not picking Penn State to win that game. And I just think Michigan is better than them. So I, 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 I guess what I'm saying is while we need to see James Franklin prove he can win those kinds of games, I don't think this is necessarily the year where it's going to be on him. Um, to, to, to win or we're going to heavily criticize him for it. To, to, to go out to Columbus and win, very difficult for anybody. If they can find a way to beat Michigan, that'd be sensational. If they don't, and it's, an, it's a good competitive game, I'm not talking about moral victories here, but I'm talking about you're competing well against one of the top one, two, three teams in the country, then that's a, 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 a good showing. So uh, I'm, I'm, I, I can look at this and say, hey, they got to find a way to beat one of those teams. I just don't think they'll do it this year. Next year to me is definitely an 11 and one or bust kind of season, uh, with everybody they would have coming back. Aller is a second year starter. Singleton, Catron coming back for a third year. Abdul Carter for a third year. Maybe the receivers, maybe they'll find, you know, some star receiver in the, again, I just get back to that Cephas thing, that Dante Cephas thing. That's, Stunning to me with everything we've heard about Dante Cephas. And look, I warned about this, you know, for months. He's coming from Kent State. He's going to have to prove that he can be a big time receiver in the Big Ten. Well, hey, if he's getting beat out by Harrison Wallace, the third, I, I, I just really, I, I'm really curious to see how that's going to play out then because they don't necessarily need Dante Cephas to be a number one if KLS can, can make a gigantic leap himself. But if they're looking at Dante Cephas as a number three and you need Harrison Wallace to prove that he's a legit number two, I, again, that's just, that's a big, big concern for me right now. Um, because sure, the running game should be good. The offensive line should be good. The defense should be outstanding. But at some point, Drew Aller is going to have to, going to need his wide receivers to, to beat a good team, beat Ohio State, Michigan, heck, maybe even, even Illinois in week three. I, I still think it's a, a major concern, or at least, I'm sorry, major question mark, how good these wide receivers are going to be. Welcome back to the third segment. I want to spend a few minutes here talking about how fortunate you are if you're a Penn State fan. 
there, there are fans of other teams around the country that would fall into this category as well. Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, Alabama. I'm talking about the, the biggest of the, uh, uh, biggest and best of the programs in the country. The programs that enter every year or should enter every, with a chance. When you have a chance to compete and do special things, you know, I think it's easy in sports to take that for granted. Uh, if you're a longtime Penn State fan, you know, even going back to the sixties, some of you, if you're listening, thank you so much. But, you know, even if you're going back to the, to the nineties or whatever, for, for the most part, for most of your life, you have been a fan of a, one of the great college football programs in the country. You're not a fan of Purdue. You're not a fan. Oh my God of Rutgers, how they have any football fans. I don't know, but you're not a fan of the Houston Cougars. All right. I'm just throwing out names of programs that while they might be good every now and then, uh, certainly they're well back on the tiers uh, of, of college football, uh, strength and royalty. If you're a fan of Penn State, you have a, a team that is in the top 10 this year. Should be, should be in the playoffs six or seven times a decade going forward. You know, in, in college basketball, if you're a Kansas fan, North Carolina, you know, typically Kentucky, some others, you've enjoyed that. But the reason I point this out is I grew, I grew up as a Chicago Cubs fan. All right. My, my whole life, I, or at least young adulthood, I watched every Cubs game on TV and they made the playoffs a couple times, 84, 89. I got to see them contend for some, for some things, but you know, every year was more hope. It was not, there was not an expectation. It was hope. And so I've never, I, I was not really a Cubs fan when they won the World Series a number of years ago. I kind of stopped being. So I don't really count that championship as something that one of my favorite teams has always done. I'm a lifelong Syracuse basketball fan. Maybe not as much the past few years. I've kind of gotten away from college, college basketball a little bit more, but I'm 49 years old. I've had one team in my entire life. One team of my, my favorite team in my entire life to win a championship. That was the 2003 Syracuse team led by Carmelo Anthony. My NFL team growing up was the Miami Dolphins. Um, Dan Marino, I got to watch a, a lot of cool stuff, but they never won a championship. Later on in life, I'm a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I wouldn't say I'm, I'm crazy about the Steelers. So I don't necessarily count that, you know, when they won a, a Super Bowl here or there the past couple of times. Uh, I, I enjoyed watching the New England Patriots and Tom Brady, but I don't, I wouldn't say I go overboard as a fan. So at 49 years old, I've been able to enjoy exactly one championship in my entire life. For my utmost favorite, one of my utmost favorite teams. If you're a Penn State fan, yeah, I know it's been since 1986. I get that. And that's a long, long time. Uh, but you've also got wrestling. You got Steelers fans around here. Uh, and the Pirates has been a long, long time since 79. And I don't think that'll ever happen again, winning a World Series. My point is there are a lot of people that grew up with Penn State football or grew up with teams in Western or Central PA where you've been spoiled. You've won a lot of championships. You get to enjoy a lot of expectations, not just hope, but expectations. And that's what this year is. That's that's what this next two-year window is 
for Penn State. This two, this is, this has a chance to be the best two year window that you would have experienced since the eighties. Possibly. Okay. Now, again, going back to the first segment, I'm tired of doing all the talking leading up to a football season. We have to see. They've got to go out and prove it. But with this nucleus of talent, this collection of assistant coaches, and I've not talked a lot about that throughout the offseason, how good of a staff James Franklin has put together, the opportunity is there. They're knocking at the door. They're ranked seventh in the country going into this season. I would assume they'll have a good season. Maybe at worst 10 and two, maybe nine and three, I guess. But where do you think they're going to be ranked going into next season with Drew Aller coming back? Nick Singleton, Katron Allen, Abdul Carr. They could be ranked in the top. They, they could be the number one team in the country going into next year. I don't know about number. I, I, that's a very lofty possibility, but number two, three, four, they could be, they could be a top four team in the country going into next year. You've got this two year window here. And as a Penn State fan, this has got to be awfully freaking exciting. I do get that. I've been a sports fan my whole life, and I've never, I've never had that. I've never had an expectation for my team going into a season that it was going to be one of the leading contenders for a championship. I go back to Syracuse in 03. Maybe you didn't notice with Carmelo Anthony, he was a freshman that year. They weren't even ranked in the top 25 until like late January, believe it or not. And so they were a three seed in the NCAA tournament and then surprised some people went on to win the national title. So that was not a team that anybody thought in early January or February was going to win a national title. Now, I did have Syracuse winning the national title in my bracket and I won a whole bunch of money in my bracket in 03. But the point is, I've, me as a, personally as a sports fan, I've ne- never been able to be in your shoes right now if you're a Penn State fan entering a season where the sky is the limit. Yes, I've got them going 10 and 2. They could go 11 and 1. Hell, they could go 12 and 0. If Drew Aller turns to, it turns out to be a, a magnificent superstar and the receivers are better because the defense is going to be outstanding, the sky could be the limit for this team. If not this year, then certainly next year. So if you're a Penn State fan, man, cherish that because you, you know, you're not a fan of Purdue. You're not a fan of Oregon State. You're not a fan of South Florida. There, are, there's a gigantic divide in this country in college football and in all sports between the haves and the have nots. And if you're a Penn State fan, you're pretty much assured of always being in that haves, uh, category. If college football, if they, if I say if, It should be when they go to a a kind of a premier league where they've got 40 or 50, 60 of the top programs all in one primary league competing for the national title. I think that's going to Penn State is certain to have a spot. Talking about one of the 10 or at worst 15 best programs in the history of the game in college football. So Penn State's always going to have a a spot at the table there. And, you know, I'm not taking a shot at Pitt here. I'm really not. But. If they cut off the limit at 40, is Pitt in the top 40? Probably not. If it's the top 50, then yeah, maybe Pitt is in in, in that group. Penn State's always going to be there. If you're a fan of Purdue, you're not going to be, you're not going to have a seat at that table. Most likely, if you're a fan of Houston or Oregon State or Washington State, you're not going to have a a seat at that table. So 
enjoy enjoy this potential two year run here for what it could be. Uh, because yeah, I know I opened the podcast talking about how we've just been talked. It's talk, 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 talk leading up to a football season with this particular team in this program right now for the next two years. The talk is warranted. We'll see then, then if, if, uh, the guys on the field can, you know, live up to all that hype. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. I'll be back next Sunday with the podcast recapping the season opener against West Virginia. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be right back.